All right. Well, that was a bit of a uh, buzzkill. You might say the Toronto Blue Jays losing 4 nothing to the Seattle Mariners in the first game. This best of three American League wildcard series. It is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker with Blue Jays Talk. As always, the numbers to call 416-870-0590, star 591 590 is the text line. If you're in your car going home, trust me, traffic's going to suck. If you want to talk baseball, well, you guys are looking at me. It is. Traffic's going to be awful. If you've got nothing else to do, if you've been talking to each other all game anyhow, you might as well give us a call. 416-870-0590, star 591 You can vent. I'm hoping some of you will sing the praises of Luis Castillo, Kevin Barker. I'll bring you in. Uh, all right. How much of what we saw today was Luis Castillo? How much of it was any issue at all with approach on the part of the Blue Jays hitters or anything like that. No, all, uh, it was 100% Luis Castillo. When, when you got a 100-mile-an-hour sinker, you got a 99 to 100-mile-an-hour four-seamer, uh, your slider is devastating. It's tunneling. It's late-breaking. Uh, it's going down and away. You throw it whenever you want to throw it. You occasionally tease a hitter with a changeup. What supposedly I thought coming into this was his, was his uh, out pitch. Obviously not. He tends to like his two moving fastballs, and why not when, it's, when he's throwing it that hard when he's locating it. Jays had a couple chances with their big boys coming up. The, the one at bat in the third inning with Laddie coming up, uh, he, he sort of, for my mind anyway, the OO changeup that he chased, and then he, and then he got a fastball up and in, which is a great pitch. That, that's when you got guy on the mound who's got power and can locate and sort of is throwing something to set the next pitch up, sort of what he did in that at bat, it's almost impossible. But this is sort of what you have to do. We talked about this on our show, you know, the last week since we've known that Probably this is who they're going to face is you're going to have to take the close one to get the one down the middle. Sooner or later, it's going to throw you one, but it's all about taking that close one and getting that one that you can drive. And then there again in the fifth inning when Bo came up with first and second and two outs, you got the OO sliders right down the middle. Sometime in the bat, I just told you this, you're going to get one right down the middle. That was it. You know, he pulled off of it. Uh, he didn't stay through it. He may have overswung just a little bit. And then he chased the slider, 0-1. And then he goes to 0-2, and the, the sinker that was in-in off the plate that was like 98 miles an hour again. If you chase, if plate awareness is not real good against a dude that throw at hard, he going to eat your lunch. He's going to take you behind the woodshed, and that's sort of what happened. So, for me, it's 100% all Luis Castillo. You sort of wad this sucker up as quick as you can wad it up and move on to tomorrow and hopefully you have some better at bats your guy on the mound gives you a chance to score first you do that at home get this crowd in it got a good chance of winning that one we will uh, be joining john schneider the manager of the blue jays in a few minutes as he does his uh, podium availability uh, availability following the game we believe kevin gossman will get the start for the blue jays better. tomorrow yeah, I was going to thank you. He better. <laughs> he better. He better get the start tomorrow. <laughs> Kevin, Alec Manoa, first time he's given up a run in the first inning at home this season. And uh, our friend Chris Black, Blue Jays producer, Alec Manoa, for the first time in his career, did not get one whiff on a fastball. Yeah, I mean, that's again, he threw 29 sliders out of the pitches that he thrown. He had nine swing and misses off that pitch. And like Chris just mentioned, he threw 41 combined sinker and fastballs. He had 15 swings off those 41 pitches. He didn't have one swing and miss. Yeah, again, it was more in the first inning, just the arm side command wasn't there. It was non-competitive. Uh, you saw the 0-2 hit to, to Rodriguez. Uh, Suarez had a really good bat. You can tell Suarez got some good idea to play, especially in these you know big-time games when the heart rate starting thump a little bit too hard. What do you do? You let it travel. You think right field. You're not out in front. That's the way you're not out and around. You saw his last at bat where he hit the, the ball off a pop the other way. That's a big time at bat. So, yeah, it was just okay. sort of some things that didn't work out at the right time. Uh, we're going to go now live to the podium. John Schneider is addressing the media. 100-mile-an-hour sinkers. Um, he had really good stuff today, and, we, you know, we managed our hits, and at-bats were decent and couldn't get the big hit when we got guys on base. So his stuff was good. you got to give him credit. Uh, flush it and move on to Robbie tomorrow. Hazel again. And turning to uh, Alec Manoa, it looked like he had trouble finding the strike zone early, but what did you see from him from there? Settled in great after the first inning. Um, I don't know if he was a little bit fired up, but 
had some velo and just a couple bad pitches, 0-2 to Julio and the 3-2 the heater to Raleigh. Uh, retired 12 out of the next 14 after that. Um, and I think he, he did a really good job. You know, the other run was kind of a weak ground ball. And, you know, he did what he's been doing all year. It was tough to take him out at that point. And, you know, down by four, we're trying to just match up accordingly with their lineup. And, um, you know, it was, it was a good job by him and um, uncharacteristic first inning for sure. Going the second row in the front here. Thank you. Um, first, John, are you ready to say who will start game two for you guys? Yeah, Kevin Gosman will start tomorrow. And just following up, before the game, Bo talked to us a little bit about the fight that your team has had going through ups and downs and everything, and always kind of responding. So what's, what's your expectation for tomorrow from this lineup, from this club? More of the same what we've been doing the last month, I think. Uh, guys are up for the challenge, and we've been saying it the whole year, or the whole second half, that you're trying to win every series, and you got to win two in a row to win it. So, you know, you expect them to come out with the same energy, the same mentality, the same focus. Uh, and just understand that you ran into a really good pitcher today uh, for seven-plus innings and a really good one after that in Munoz. So um, flush it and move on. They're going to be ready to go. On your left here in the middle. John, uh, there were two moments, I guess, offensively for you guys where you had chances to come back, two on and two out with Laddie up, two on and two out with Bo up. How did you view those circumstances in the third and fifth innings? Yeah, those are big spots. When you're facing a pitcher like that, when you get traffic on the bases, you want to come through with a big hit. It's tough to do against a guy like that, really tough with two outs. Um, so you kind of just take that for what it is today. You move on, uh, knowing that you're going to be in those situations again tomorrow against another good pitcher and probably another couple relievers. So, um, yeah, I think more so than anything from those at bats from Bo and Vlad is you got to give credit to Castillo today. On your right in the front. Hey, John. Hey, Mike. Um, first of all, I know it's almost impossible to get Springer out of a game, but how's the wrist? Uh, he's okay. Uh, X-rays are negative for a fracture. Um, he's feeling all right, and uh, we'll see how he feels tomorrow, but hoping he's good to go. And as far as the team goes, we haven't seen them yet have a must-win game. I haven't seen the whole backs-to-the-wall thing. How do you expect that they'll respond when we've heard you know, a few times this year where maybe some guys are trying to be the hero a little too much. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, it's going to be exciting to see them come out for sure. I think the way that they've grown as a unit over the last month especially will be key to how they come out and play together tomorrow. And I'm excited to see how they respond. Um, I hope the goal is for not any one person to try to do too much and understand that we have a very good lineup and a very good team. So I'm excited for tomorrow. Uh, and you, you try to win two in a row to win a series. But this group is ready for it. They're up for the challenge. Um, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. Anything else for John? Uh, right in the middle here on the right. Hey, John, you uh, mentioned that Gosman will be starting tomorrow. What are you looking for him to do? More of the same of what he's been doing all year. Um, quality outing, you know, get deep into the game, line up our bullpen um, appropriately. But... You know, turning to a guy like him in a must-win game is something we feel really good about. Um, we feel really good about a lot of guys in that situation, and especially good about Kevin. So he's, uh, you know, been a leader in the clubhouse, a leader of the staff. He's had an amazing year. So we're looking for just another quality outing from him. In the back, Chad. Hey, John. Uh, given how well Castilla was throwing, would, did you sense that uh, perhaps the early deficit changed or had some impact on on the at-bats and sort of the I, I guess the the need to deliver and to, to play for play for a certain amount of runs instead of just trying to scratch one out here and no there. I don't think so especially early you know I think um, you know both teams are coming in with a lot of emotion right and you know they're coming in after a really long playoff drought over 20 years whatever it was and I'm sure they were excited and um, that first inning probably gave them a little bit more momentum so the conversation and the approach in the dugout, you know, throughout Castillo's entire outing was good. We knew that it was going to be a tough, a tough battle with what he was featuring. Um, but I think guys were trying to go about it as, you know, business as usual, and it didn't work out. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, guys. That was John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, talking to the media after a 4 nothing Seattle Mariners victory over the Blue Jays in game one of their best of three series. Game two goes tomorrow at 407. No surprise, Kevin, that Kevin Gossman is going to get the start. Boy, he's quick on that answer, wasn't he? Well, 
Hey, we we knew going in that yeah, could you, it be stripped? Could it be gone? Well, you, no, win, you, win, you win this game, it's gonna. You, if you'd won this game, it was gonna be stripping. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely sure. Okay, I'm absolutely sure. Uh, Gossman, by the way, for those who are running through a bullpen, and uh, it was fine through a bullpen yesterday. It was fine. So he's, uh, he says he's good to go, and they're gonna need him tomorrow, Kevin. Yeah, well, yeah, I think there's a couple of things. You look at velocity with him early in games. Sometimes it's 93, 94. He needs that thing to be 96, 97 tomorrow. Like he needs a, a little extra gear. Uh, the slider has to be good enough early in some counts. Occasionally throw one, flip it in there, middle away the to a righty to get that still strike to be a little bit more unpredictable and then eliminate some people with the split finger. You know, he's, he's trying to do a little bit of both with that thing, make it look like a changeup where it stays in the strike zone a little bit better. But for me, it's fastball command. If he's good with that, both sides of the plate can elevate it with two strikes, and somebody in this lineup's got to get a big hit. They can do that, they'll win tomorrow. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. I guess the good news as well. John Schneider saying that George Springer x-rays are negative. They already got x-rays. Man. Just walk by somebody. Just walk somebody and say, here, can I stick my uh, wrist negative, in here and get negative. a look at him? Anyhow, George, George Springer hit by a bazillion mile an hour pitch, and apparently, uh, apparently was it on he purpose? is okay. No, it's the last pitch of the game. You think it was? Last pitch of the game for Luis Castillo. Andrew and Scarborough, you want to talk about Luis Castillo? We're going to be talking about a lot about Luis Castillo tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Blair and Barker, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. No worries, man. That's what we're here for. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, they're called the Seattle Mariners, uh, which refers to, like, sailors. But you know what else they have up in the Pacific Northwest? They've got trees, and they've got the lumber industry. And what do you get with that? Buzz saws. And that's what the Jays ran into on the mound today. So You've, been, totally thinking about this. You've been thinking about this for you a while. Wrote that down you too, wrote that down. You wrote that down. You did. You wrote that down well, before you, you came it. on. I it, you we're not it. complaining. It was no, great, you but it. you wrote it down, right? I mean, just between us. Just between oh, us. No, yeah. no, just no, between no, you no, and no. you. You wrote I, it down. It's okay. No, I do it all the time. Mental note. Mental note. There you go. Yeah, listen. Thanks for calls. My friend Mr. Barker said it... I, I guess this is why you trade prospects sometimes at the trade deadline. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's why I do. This was a guy at the deadline. This was the guy to get at the deadline. Now eh, forget Frankie Montas. This is a guy to get at the deadline. <laughs> well, you're never going to let that go, are you? Yeah, because I was always right about Frankie Montas. Yeah, okay, look again. It's just when when he's got both fastballs working at that velocity. And he can occasionally flip the slider enough for strikes. You got to respect that, and you got to cheat to get the head out. And he's working both sides of the plate, and he can elevate the four seamer. You got to be better. Like you got to sometimes in big spots. And John mentioned that in the third inning and the fifth inning. You had your two big boys up. They got to have some better at bats. And we said this: you want to go deep in the playoffs. Your big boys got to be your big boys. And the night just let's, didn't happen that way. Let's be clear. I mean, first of all, Vladdy four three fly to center, strikeout swing in 6-3. That, that's a lot like what we saw to the regular season, a lot of games for Vlad. Yeah, maybe, again, I'm going to give him a hall pass for this one. This dude was on top of his sure game. He was. he was confident. They scored first, which allowed him to get heavy with the 99s moving all over the place. When you get heavy with that, you get some confidence with it, and you know the other team's starting to open the front side a little bit to cheat to get the head out. That's sort of what happens. If you're wondering, Luis Castillo is the third pitcher in history to throw seven-plus scoreless innings in a playoff game against the Blue Jays. He joins Danny Jackson of the 1985 Kansas City Royals ALCS Game 5. And folks will remember this one, Kurt Schilling of the Phillies, 1993 World Series Game 5. He's the first pitcher to do so in Toronto. Look, he was dominant, and then Andres Munoz came. And stay hot, Mr. Barker. I'll have that first Bring a guy in who throws 103 with a 91-mile-an-hour slider. Stay hot, Blue Jays. Matt in Richmond Hill. How's it going, guys? Going okay. All right, awesome. Um, so I hate to bring this back to uh, the trade deadline, but uh, I really do feel like uh, the Jays missed out on an opportunity to go after a guy like uh, Luis Castillo. I know that uh, uh, Manoa has been a beast all season. He's been he's an all-star, and he's just – He's pitched in some big games as well, but I think the moment might have been a little uh, too big for him, especially since he's a you know he's a pretty emotional guy and he gets fired up. And I feel like it might have been too big of a situation for him. And if we would have dumped some prospects and maybe gotten Castillo, uh, he could have delivered the win for us today instead of uh, him biting us in the ass, so to speak. I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys' response. Thanks a lot. Yeah, look, Luis Castillo. Newsflash: He was the pitcher to get at the deadline. That that that's. It was obvious. That was obvious at the time. 
I don't know how far the Jays got with Luis Castillo. This gets back to it. it. You know, it's entirely possible that the Cincinnati Reds looked at the prospects the Jays were offering and went, no eh, question. maybe not as good as what we're going to get from Seattle. I, I, I keep getting back to this. You, It doesn't matter what Baseball America or MLB Pipeline or where they rank your prospects. It's what the acquiring team thinks of your prospects. And I still think that the Blue Jays minor league system doesn't have enough depth to put a deal, pull a deal like this off. You're going to have to give up a Ricky Tiedemann to do that. You don't want to do that. We don't know, one, how serious the Jays were about Castillo. Two, we don't know whether or not the Reds liked the Jays' prospects enough to make the deal. It, it, I mean, we could sit here. Yeah, I, I would absolutely. I would have loved the Jays to go out and get Luis Castillo. But... You know, it's two. And when you make a trade, there's two teams involved. Yeah, I think the key phrase that you said there is, we don't know. We, we don't know, have any idea what the Blue Jays were thinking. And even if, if the Reds liked anybody that the Blue Jays were offering, even if they were offering anything. I mean, the you you look at the names that are in their minor league system, that it ooze big leaguers and giving up for the dude that just pitched against the Blue Jays. I mean, let's be honest. Right now you'd think no to that. And and the other Absolutely. team had better better things to give up for a guy like that. You got to give up the house for him. Maybe the Blue Jays and the Reds didn't think that they had a house to give up. Yeah, and uh, again, this was the guy every the, the pitcher everybody no wanted question. at the deadline. There was a feeding frenzy for him, and I and I would imagine that the Reds probably held out for the best offer. Why wouldn't and they? they? Again, should. if they don't value your prospects as much as another team's prospects, they're not going to make the deal. Hmm. But Bottom line is we just don't know how aggressive the Blue Jays were with Luis Castillo. I do know this. When the deal was made for Luis Castillo, the Mariners were telling people that they thought they could get him locked up to a long-term contract, which they have. So That helps, too. Hey, credit. Look, look Jerry DePoto's made about 550 trades in the last three years. Eventually, he's going to get some right. <laughs> yeah. You know, great, eventually, great he's going to get some right. Great point. Matt in Vancouver. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, yeah, thanks. I um, actually uh, got off a bit early um, from work, but I managed to uh, catch third inning onwards. And um, after turning the TV on, I said a few bad words. And then by about the eighth inning, I kind of felt like, well, you know, they, they could pull off a couple more wins, you know. I mean, it's just a bad game. But, uh, yeah, Castillo, I, I borrow one from Kevin and just say he had a, a wipeout, uh, wipeout sinker. But, uh yeah, I feel like uh, it, the discouraging part of it is that they, you know, Seattle is obviously on the Pacific Coast, but it looked like they got three extra hours of sleep. It's just like they had, <laughs> like, playing like their pants were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, listen, thanks for the call. Look, the Mariners are, you know, we make a big deal about this is the first playoff game in Toronto since 2016. That's the first playoff game in a lifetime for a lot of Mariners fans. And I was down in the field before the game. They're a uh, they're a pretty loose group. Well, it's amazing yeah, they, how they good. are a pretty loose. Well, let's group. be honest. It's amazing how good your team can look when you got a dude on the mound throwing well, ninety nine with exactly. some sank and it's locating it and he's eliminating some good right handed hitters with a slider. I mean, that'll make anybody want to jump around and be happy that you're on his team and not the other team. And I mean, it really doesn't help. Look, I, I, Alec Manoa hitting uh, Julio Rodriguez the first batter he faces, giving up a double, then the home run to Cal Raleigh. Uh, who is you know we we were we were, Greg Olson we're talking to today about some Numerous you asked people him, about and you asked him Seattle. yeah who in the lineup should you keep Says an eye the on the same guy they all said the same guy they did and yeah. uh, he was the guy whose home run put them into the postseason he was the guy whose home run was the big blow today but but honestly uh, let's be clear one nothing two nothing was going to win this game just you would, the, you would think the, so. the way the way that Luis Castillo and Andres Munoz pitched Kevin. I'll ask you the Alec Manoa question. Was the moment too big for him? No, I don't think so. You know, look, maybe he was throwing his sinker a bit too hard. You know, he's getting under it a little bit. That's why he saw it up in a way that were non-competitive early. Uh, he made an adjustment. I, yeah, again, I think you sometimes you got to tip your hat to the other team. When you see a dude out there, you zone in. And when you get the good one, you don't miss it. And I know sometimes when you're a Jays fan and you want everybody to be perfect, and it's very hard to look at big picture and give the other team a little bit of credit and line up some credit for having some quality at bats and passing the baton that way. And their big guy, let's be frank about it, their big guy stepped up when it mattered the most. They got the big hit when they needed it and the Jays didn't. And 
you move on to tomorrow and hopefully they can reverse that and throw some more strikes and get after some people. But I do think tomorrow it will be very – I don't know about you, Jeff. It will be very important for the Jays to score first. Yeah, they've got to – If they can do that, get this crowd in it, That'll sort of maybe burst the bubble of the Mariners for a little while, and then you can make a little run on them. Yeah, and you know you know that Robbie Ray is going to be amped oh, up. Oh, you think? You know Robbie Ray. Those pants are going to be, so an, extra, those pants are going to be an extra size smaller, man. You should be spraying those off. They're going to be an extra size smaller tomorrow. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know that he's going to be amped Absolutely. up. And, and, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work against him. Maybe it'll work you against so? him. You think so? No. <laughs> I'm not necessarily believing that. Uh, Hoagie in Ottawa on the text line. First off, he says he's a huge Manoa fan, and I'm all for a guy being confident, but I'd rather a guy do his talking on the field. The reference to pressure and tires is bulletin board stuff. No, it's not. And in my opinion, a mistake from a young pitcher. Why not keep doing what he's doing his last eight starts? This type of brass balls comment from a guy who's been there and done that is one thing from a guy who never made a postseason start. Is cocky, not confident. What are your thoughts? I mean, the, the, tire, the tire pressure thing, I mean, that ain't bulletin board material maybe coming out and saying that I didn't talk to Justin Verlander about what it's like in the playoffs because I knew he wouldn't tell me if the right stuff the because we're probably going to face him in the next round. You may not want to do I'm that. I'm in the camp of the person that just texted that <laughs> in. I, I, I'm not saying that's bulletin board because I don't think that's – these these dudes are grown-ups. I don't, I don't think it matters that much unless you're doing the sweeping motion like happened last time Seattle faced the Blue Jays. Now, that might be a little bit. Remember that? You might have a broom hanging up in your in your locker or something to remind yourself of that. But that stuff, I, I'm with that a little bit. I would have liked just to Alec Manoa to say, you know, you know what? what, I'm going to go out there and be me. You know I want to have fun doing it like I have all season. You know what bulletin, Leave it at that. You know what bulletin board material the Seattle Mariners had? Castillo, comma, Luis, RHP. That uh, was the bulletin board material they had. Daryl and Whitby, you also want to talk about Castillo, but you want to talk to Kevin about the Jays' approach. Yeah. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well, Daryl. Just wanted to say, you know, the Jays all year long, I mean, they've been inconsistent with their hitting. I mean, you can say Castillo's a good pitcher, this and that. I mean, but these guys are big leaguers. They got to sit back and wait on their pitches. I mean, to me, they looked a little anxious tonight. That's from from my viewing it. I mean, you can sit back and wait for pitches here and there, but I mean, you don't look to swing for the fence. It's a different approach in the postseason. You got to play small ball. You just got to hit for contact and and go about it that way. Can I jump in here? Because that's absolutely wrong. Uh, power pitching and power hitting wins in the postseason. Small ball doesn't win in the postseason. Yeah, but that's that, it doesn't win th- in the postseason. Thanks for the call. Look, it is a little bit when you're facing the elite stuff. He had elite stuff today. I think it is you shorten up a little bit. You don't try and overswing. You just try and put barrel to baseball. You're trying to use the big part of the field, it's hard. and it goes where you want it to go. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's hard not to easy. string. It's hard it's to string easy. hits together against not. Luis well, Castillo. It'd be, it'd be easier if you got first and second with nobody mm-hmm. out. That'd be easier because you shortened up. You try to use the big part of the field. Maybe you try and do that. that is I true. just think, again, it's sort of like the second inning. You have the leadoff single, single from Kirky, and then uh, Teo comes up and swings at the first pitch slider that's down. That's probably not a decent pitch to swing at early in the count. You, you gotta, I don't want to say you got him on the ropes. But you might have a little something cooking there. That's what I said. Don't be afraid to hit with two strikes. He didn't. T- he didn't strike out a ton of people. He strike out three guys, four guys. Four guys. That's not a ton Indeed. of people. I mean, he didn't have but one of those through like the first six innings. Mm. So you're thinking to yourself, right? It's again, I got to get my pitch something I can drive, stay in the big part of the field. So that's a decent call. And then I get your point. Certain guys come up, and then they're trying to do different we, things. Uh, you know, we talked about Alejandro Kirk in the cleanup spot. He singles to lead off the second. Gets erased on, on the double play with Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. Alejandro Kirk is three for his last 29 coming into this game. Uh, he's had two doubles and a home run since August 30th. And he's hitting cleanup for this team. If you're John Schneider, do you look at that lineup and think maybe, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm making a move? Nope. There's a lefty throw tomorrow. Not a chance. He's one of the main reasons why I'm here. Not rocking the boat now. I rocked that thing, what, uh, three or four weeks ago when I'm moving the order around doing all kinds of different things. I mean, he's one of the main reasons why you're here. Sort of everybody's comfortable where they're hitting now. 
And you don't want to slap a guy in the face by making a big change, especially when you're facing a lefty, right? You want to get some guys on in front of him. Maybe he can have some better bats. You can see he's short enough going the other way. I mean, he's not, he's not all the time going to drive the baseball. That's not him. But to put the ball and play hard somewhere. Three extra base hits in a month. I get it. Hitting my baseball's hard, Jeff. Who else would hit clean up? I mean. Name a guy. I mean, Kirk is going to be in the lineup. Where's he hit? So he'd either go from fourth to, we'll say, seventh, or you'll keep him in the four hole. 416-870-0590, star 590, one triple eight triple six. Zero five nine. We are here. I'm not stirring. I say you stirring. I'm, I'm just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. Is, Jeff? What time is it? It's late, boy. Don't stir. Not late. It's seven forty-four Eastern. We're here till eight thirty. By the way, Holy help me out here. Help me out here. <laughs> Lucas and Oshawa, help me out. Hey guys, I appreciate you having me on. Just want to say I love the show. Thank um, you, man. I'm staying, I'm staying positively optimistic. But uh, when I originally analyzed the series, I knew that we were facing an elite bullpen versus what I think ours is a, a good bullpen. And I said to my boys that we're going to have to score off their starting pitchers. So I'd love to hear how you think our lineup's going to fare against Oof. Robbie Ray tomorrow. I'll pass that over to yeah, Mr. Yeah, that's a tremendous question. That's a tremendous question. Again, I, I think you sort of know. He's added the two-seamer. I mean, that's a test to get guys off the slider. That's why he's throwing that. He's trying to get some cheap outs early in counts, so get a little – Get him a little deeper in the game. Again, I, this time of the year, it's a simple approach. What do I do well? If I'm a hitter and I'm walking to the plate, what do I do well? i got to forget about these dudes that are elite. This is what you're facing. You're starting to face these elite guys. They're elite for reasons because they tend to get you to expand. Well, you're a really good lineup. You, you sort of go up and try to combat that by staying within yourself what you do well. Don't try and you know go up and hit his best pitch, and I think that's sort of the same kind of thing. He's going to pound you in. I mean, that's – that's what we saw as a Blue Jay. That's what we're seeing as a Mariner. I'm thinking you split the plate in half, give him the ball away. He comes in. It's on the plate. Remember that. It's on the plate. That's the one you get it down and get it singing on. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight triple six zero five ninety. The Blue Jays losing 4 nothing to the Seattle Mariners tonight. Alec Manoa, the starting pitcher. We'll hear from Alec Manoa when we come back. This is Blue Jays Talk, postseason edition on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, let's turn the page. Let's turn the page. The Jays will play the Mariners in the second game of the series tomorrow. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Yeah, Kevin Gossman (laughs) against Robbie Ray. 4-0, the Mariners. Put this one away early. Three runs off Alec Manoa in the first inning. 26 pitches for Alec Manoa in the first inning. And uh, settled down a bit, but uh, the Jays were not able to conjure anything up against Luis Castillo and uh, Andres Munoz, who, you know, Kevin, 103 fastball, 91 slider. I mean. You do what everybody else does. Go over there and sit down in the dugout. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's what you do. Exactly. Alec Manoa, five and two-thirds. Four hits, four earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, two hit batters. This is what Alec Manoa had to say after the game. Hey, Alec, can you take us through that uh, first inning, the first few batters you faced? Did anything feel different for you there? <clears throat> no, I think it made two good pitches to Julio and had a sinker kind of run away from me a little bit. Um, I kind of put him on and, and then uh, was able to make some pitches to France and you know, left the pitch over the plate. Suarez was able to put a good swing on it, and um, you know we know where Riley did. So uh, it's a pretty, pretty tough first few outs, but uh, felt like I was able to settle in after. And you spoke with us a lot the last few days about what this energy would mean to you to pitch in front of. How did that feel once you were actually out there, those early innings in front of that? Yeah, it felt great. Um, you know, first strike of the game, there was you know great energy and. Uh, felt like every out, you know, we had a whole country behind us. So um, energy was great, and uh, this is what we grind all year for, right? To have home field advantage, and uh, you know, it's two out of three. So we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Mike, second row on the right. Alec, how how were you able to sort of reset and settle in after the home run and? and- carry those next 15 out 
Yeah, just, um, just had to tell myself, you know, execute pitches. You know, it was a pretty lengthy at bat with Kyle, and, um, you know, it ended up not executing the front hip sinker. And, um, you know, just continue to tell myself, continue to execute. Uh, you know, they, they beat me on my mistakes, and I felt like I uh, was able to start ex- executing after that. Obviously, it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, but what was it like for you to be pitching in, in the postseason? Uh, it was it was good. Um, you know, good to get the feet wet and, uh, you know, went out there and, and grinded uh, as much as I can. And uh, Today wasn't good enough, but, uh, you know, we got guys going tomorrow and, and then strip after that and all hands on deck game three. So uh, hopefully it's not the last time. On your left, Alec, on the second row. Alec, I know he's on the winning side, but do you have any appreciation for what Castillo did today as a pitcher? Uh, yeah, he did a great job. Uh, we'll go to Shy in the back. Alec, did you find uh, maybe early on t- that you had to adjust to sort of the mo- me- uh, the emotions of the mo- way momentum can carry you? Obviously, you come out, there's a lot of energy. Uh, you know, the Mariners jump jump out ahead, and so they grab some momentum. Did you feel like the swings in a postseason game were maybe a bit more extreme? Is that something you had to feel your way through a little bit? I just think you got to go out there and execute pitches, you know. Um, obviously, I didn't do that today, and uh, there were there were a few that they really capitalized on, and uh, just got to continue to execute. Okay, one more mic here. Alec, you had a, a front row seat to a lot of Robbie Ray last year. You've never wavered in your confidence with with the batters on this team. What do you expect from them against him tomorrow? Expect us to come out swinging, and uh, yeah, put, put put a couple hits together, and um, hopefully we get more runs than them. That was Alec Manoa speaking to the media after his uh, performance tonight in Game One of this series. Kevin, uh, it was interesting. Him, uh, the obvious question with Alec Manoa about you know, being too amped up, the energy in the stadium. We know he's an emotional guy. I mean, we were down there in left field in the press box. You could, you could see when he was walking in from the left field bullpen before the game. You know, the camera shot of him very focused, like the 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 emotion in this place, though, just really building up his pitching. Did you notice anything that suggested to you he was, I'm not going to say amped up. I think that's probably a wrong phrase. but A human being? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Did, did, did we see a little bit of the human being today? Absolutely. I, I, in, in, he's obviously never going to tell us that. But, but you watch the game. The, the two-seamer that he throws, it could be called a two-seamer or a sinker, depending on how much he grips it, how tight he grips the thumb, how, how he wants it to move, who he's facing, all the things that go into being Alec Manoa. But normally when that thing's really good, it's like 82 and some change. Mm-hmm. Tonight it was more in the 84. You can occasionally see an 85. That is, for me, trying to overpower people instead of just letting the movement take over, be mechanically sound. And he sort of said that without saying it, right? He's not going to come out and tell you why and what he didn't do and he, you know the moment was too big for him. I don't believe that. I, I, I think he – says exactly how he felt out there. It just so happens that for whatever reason, when he was gripping it, it wasn't coming out the way it was supposed to. He wasn't staying on top of it, didn't have the late movement. It looked like it was a little bit harder. When it's a little bit harder, what's it do, Jeff? It gets straighter. When it's straighter to big league hitters, especially ones like the Mariners who can do some things to mistakes, you tend to lose those baseball games. I just like his confidence. Confidence. If you're a Jays fan and listen to that dude and you can't like him, there's something wrong with you, man. That's that's something to look forward to for years to come. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. In comparison, Luis Castillo's four seamer was an average of ninety eight point six miles an hour. Kevin, that is one and a half miles an hour higher than his season average. His sinker was ninety six nine. That was two miles an hour more than his season average. The Mariners' average fastball velocity today was 98.8 miles an hour. That is the most by a team in a playoff game since the Khakis started tracking pitches in 2008. See, I got the Khakis in there. I love it. How do you get them in there? Nick in Newmarket. What's up, Nick? 
Hi, hi guys. I'm uh, just I'm just gonna make the obvious comparison, move on from the game, and um, compare this uh, iteration of the team to the 2015-2016 Blue Jays, specifically the 2016 Blue Jays in the Kansas City. Um, this team seems like a zero to ninety all season zero to ninety uh, team. It's never like they're a catch or a pitch or a bat away from winning a game. It's it's either all or nothing. What can you, if any comparisons, can you draw from that team to this team, and what could they maybe use to, um, I don't know, to, to draw some inspiration and 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 find kind of a middle ground because you can't you can't go out there and do nothing. You you, you gotta you gotta make it a you gotta make it a ball game. Anyway, uh, 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 no, that's that that's a, that that is a Nick. That's a terrific question. Uh, thanks for it. Uh, I mean, I you know I'm looking at this lineup, and I, I mean I'm not going to use the youth use the youth excuse because Leafs fans are going to be driving their cars into the you know into the embankments if I start doing that because everybody in this city lives in the fear that Bichette and Guerrero are going to become Matthews and and Marner and put up great regular season numbers and not get a sniff of anything in the Big postseason. Nice. That's just the way that's that, that's 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 the way the city is. Mm. But I do think that the biggest difference between this team. And two thousand and and sixteen and, and two thousand and fifteen is the team that I refer to an awful lot. Uh, this team is younger. This team's core players are younger. Uh, it that team was you know think of think of the core of that team. Josh Donaldson was what twenty eight years old when he was over here. Jose Batista, Eddie. Um, yeah, they acquired Troy Tulowitzki. It they were they were a veteran team. Been there, done it before. They, you know what? They had the good combination of guys who'd been there and done it before, and guys who'd been there and never done it before, and dearly, dearly wanted yeah, to do it. I don't know about you, but that had nothing to do with what happened tonight. Absolutely nothing. You ran into a dude that was really, really good. Yeah, and, no, and then a I, guy that, that came out of the bullpen throwing a bazillion miles an hour. That's my, but low, my, with location. But, so the, how old they are? But my no, my my point is my point is that people are asking to compare this team to that team, and I, and I think the youth has something to do with it. And they'll you know, be around longer. Is your point? Yeah. Well, this the core of this team should be sure. should be. But I I just don't think you can compare. I don't think you can compare these two teams. I don't think it's it's fair to compare the two teams. Um, they're built differently. This is the first go round for this team in the playoffs. I mean, the the pandemic playoffs didn't really count. This is the first go round for this team in the playoffs. And that 2015 2016 group again were a, a bunch of older guys, a bunch of veteran guys. Um. But but Barker's right. Uh, Luis Castillo was. This is the thing, the only thing I can say is this: that's that wasn't a surprise. That's Luis Castillo. That's why people went out and traded for him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, let's flip it on the other side and say that you know me and you both have heard we just need to get in, and you're going to see the best out of the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that the the best the Blue Jays have to offer. It's well, almost going to be a relief when you no, get in. No question. Okay, you sort of got your mother tonight. You ran into a dude that's got some things working. Like, he can get a lot of lineups out the way he did tonight with the Blue Jays. But tomorrow, the bats have to be better. Let's be honest about it. Like, the, the non-competitive at-bats, we saw some of those. Now, again, I give a lot of credit to the guy standing on the mound. But you got a good lineup. And if you're thinking we're going to see the best of who you are as a team, and that probably starts with your lineup and the guy standing no. on the mound, that should get a little bit better. Tomorrow. I will say this, the question mark for, for me, I, I understand that x-rays were negative on George well, Springer's wrist. With that. But we saw a camera shot of him standing in center field during the pitching change, and you could read his lips, and he was saying to Teoscar Hernandez, it's throbbing, my, my wrist is throbbing. So, yeah, x-rays are negative. Let's wait and see what uh, what tomorrow brings for George Springer. But <laughs> I'm looking at this lineup, and uh, are you against a guy like Luis Castillo? I, I see nothing here that surprises me. You know, we've talked about how this is a right-hand heavy lineup, and how we and we talked about how elite velocity, right-handed velocity, how there's a lot of similar looks in this lineup. I mean, if you're Luis Castillo, you get in a roll with Springer, you got Bichette, you got righty, 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 righty. Here comes the lefty topier, righty, righty, and that does make a difference. And the other thing I will add here as well, because we haven't mentioned it, and I think it should be mentioned, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. of all the Blue Jays hitters, statistically. 
statistically is the best against elite velocity. Statistically, he's the best against elite velocity. He's not on the roster because of injury. Now, I'm not saying that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. makes a difference in this game necessarily, but I he am hurt him. Exactly. Yeah. I am saying that that was a commodity that was really missed in this game. I, I just think to John's point, when you're listening to him about the third and the fifth inning, Bo Bichette comes up. He's the hottest hitter in the American League right now. Like, coming into this series, Bo Bichette is the thing. And that at-bat that he had, the OO slider was right down the middle. That's good cooking for him. Like, mm. that that's that little short, compact, staying up the middle, not trying to do too much. What's he get? He gets big and frisky. You get big and frisky, you pull off the baseball, your barrel's not in the hitting zone very long. What happens? You don't get the results that you want to get tomorrow. Those at-bats have to get better if they want to go on to Game 3. You're listening to Blue Jays Talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker, 416-870-0590, star 590, 590 is the the text line. Cajun Hamilton, you want to talk about Luis Castillo hitting George Springer? I just said that. Hey, what's up, Cage? How are you, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. What's up? What you got? I love Love the show. I was just uh, calling in today about um, the uh, the Castillo hitting George Springer on the last pitch. I, like yep. Barker said, I think he hit him on purpose. It was really? the last pitch of the game. He came out. He has such good control with high nineties, and he hits them. Yeah, and I'm not they, sure. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I said I, that he hit it on purpose. I no, was no, asking you, Jeff, you, you do you do you think that? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because it was a one-two count, right? It would. That'd be a little surprising if he did it. It just seems odd, right? That you know, one of your one of your main guys got hit twice with two strikes, and then one of the other team's best guys got hit with two strikes. I'm not saying it was on purpose, but you make up your own mind. That that this is sort of the unknowns when it comes to the playoffs for me. Is you never want to dig in, right? This this is, this is a battle. Like this is me against you, and that's sort of a good point you're making about. You know, it's. I think Seattle's coming in here thinking that, you know, these, these guys are not taking us real serious, and we're a really good team, and we're going to show them. And, you know, if every once in a while you got to buzz somebody, you got to buzz somebody. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I would – obviously, I can't get inside Luis Castillo's head. I'd be interesting to know what George Springer thinks. I, mean, I don't know. Frankly, don't even know if he'd be honest with us. It, it's, you know, it's your leadoff hitter. It's a center fielder. It's a two-strike pitch. I mean, there are it's a one-two pitch. Even yeah, you you could you could put you you could do a lot of two and two plus twoing there if you really wanted to. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. uh, you know, coupled with the fact that it was the last it, it was the last pitch of the game. But the only thing I think of is that t- to me it would almost be pointless. You know, you're yeah, for, it's four nothing, but you are playing a team in their own ballpark. They got the last at bat. I mean. I don't know. That, that, that for me might have been one of those moments where he pitched so well he wanted to make their best playoff player look silly. One, yeah, I want to finish it by I, shoving I want to show him my best, my best little two-seamer at 98, and I want to eliminate him, and I want to walk off the mound the way I'm supposed to, and it just didn't work out. Key in Toronto. All right, what do you got to say? Well, yeah, we'll do it game, right. And I, and, and I just um, – I don't know. My perspective sitting – like we were behind all plate in the 200 levels, and my perspective watching the game – it just seemed like the Jays weren't aggressive. They just—they all seemed really tight in their swings. Because usually, when you're aggressive, you tend to strike out a little bit more because you're going for it. But when you're hitting like these little pop-ups and ground balls, it's like the defensive swings, especially from Vladdy. I don't know if he feels a lot of pressure with all his statements in the off-season about the about the movie to the trailer, or whatever. <laughs> but I just felt that I just felt that they were really, really tight. And um, I don't know what I'm really worried about is if tomorrow. If they come out and they score a couple runs early, uh, you know, they could be buried by the fourth or fifth inning. It's going to be really hard for them to come back. And I think outside of Laddie and Bo, they need that X factor. And I don't know, if you guys had to pick one guy, that X factor in the uh, lineup, outside of, you know, your obvious choices, who would that be? I'll hang up and listen and awesome show, guys, as usual. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. I mean, Danny my Jansen. It's my first, that's really? first, well, that's the first guy I come to. Bottom of the order, probably going to get a bunch of haters like he did tonight. And he did. He's he had the probably the best. He had probably that best, uh, that the best swing on, on re- Luis Castillo. Remember, too, he's got a lefty going tomorrow. So yeah. that, that would be, I mean, that, the unknown sort of name that you are sort of looking at, the obvious names for me need to step up, have some better at-bats, and, and carry this team a little bit tomorrow. But, again, I, I think for me, the, it gets back to the guy standing on the mound. He's got to have the, a good first couple of innings yeah. to just let everybody exhale 
go out there and, and figure out a way to do their thing, compete enough to score first. They score first, get this crowd in it. I think for me anyway, it'll be hard for the Mariners to come back, and you'll see a game three. Yeah, I mean, X Factor. I, I would, and I don't even know if he's going to be playing because of the wrist injury. I, George Springer had a single and an infield hit, and I still think if he's in the lineup, that's the guy I'm watching. That's the guy I'm watching is George Springer because I, I, I still think that he is a guy that has to be the, the big guy in the postseason for this team. Uh, you know, Vladdy's again, Vladdy's this is what Vladdy's been like for most of the year. This is where it's going to go. No question. It, it's not going to change tomorrow. You know, I know the camera, they had a camera shot of Vladdy sitting in the corner of the dugout watching the Mariners do that little dance they were doing around second base. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. No problem with that. But, uh, creative. Yeah, and and I'm sure the 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 narrative is oh Vladdy was watching it and soaking it up, and he'll come out full of vim and vigor tomorrow. That's Alec Manoa. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. I see you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not certain that uh, that will necessarily that will necessarily hold true. I'll, I'll tell you the one guy who's at bats really disappointed me tonight with Teoscar Hernandez. I'm with be- you because I kind of thought I I thought we saw some signs of life from Teoscar uh, down the stretch. And that double play, that that at bat after Kirk is on base, for me, Kevin, that was the game. For me, that was the game right there. I know Chapman gets a single, Tapia flies out, and then, you know, Vladdy flies out to center with with two on. But I, I thought that that Hernandez at bat was the one that really kind of just took the air out of the out of the blue. I mean, yeah, you, you got the dude in the stretch for the first time, and. You hit into a double. Teoscar's like most hitters at the big league level. They're at their best when they get balls down the middle. When he gets balls down the middle, he hammers baseballs. You see that nice little finish that he has. He holds it, and he's going in the flight deck. When he doesn't swing at those pitches, he looks like he looked tonight. That That is cut and dry the easiest way you can explain it. it. ain't about mechanics anymore. ain't about timing. These dudes are taking enough swings to know how and make an adjustment when they take a bad one. Now it's all 100% about what you're swinging at. And if Teoscar gets a better pitch to hit, he will hit the baseball the way everybody that watches Teoscar wants him to hit the baseball. But like tonight, when he doesn't, he rolls over, he hits pop-ups, he gets outs, and me and Jeff have to come on here and go, what's wrong with Teoscar? 4 nothing. the Seattle Mariners have taken the first game of this best-of-three series at the Rogers Center against the Toronto Blue Jays. Game 2 is tomorrow, 4-0-7. Game 3, if necessary, 2-0-7 on Sunday. Whit Merrifield was one of the Jays to manage a hit off of Luis Castillo, and we'll hear from Whit Merrifield when we come back. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, so there wasn't a great deal going on for the Blue Jays against Luis Castillo or Andres Munoz tonight. But one of the players who managed to hit and actually got all the way to second base was Whit Merrifield. And uh, Whit Merrifield talked to the media after the game. Hey, Whit, uh, when you are facing velocity like that all game long, not just from a bullpen, but 100 consistent, what challenge does that present to a lineup, and especially from Castillo there? Well, I mean, the velocity is what it is. Um, it's not the velocity itself. You know, we're used to seeing velocity. It's all, all throughout the league. But when he's got two different fastballs at that at that level he's got a sinker pounding on your hands at 99 to 100 and then he's got the four seam that he'll throw up uh up and away and it's 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 not it doesn't have that dive it's got more of a true carry and you're having to make a a decision on what that 100 mile an hour pitch is going to do you know and it's um that's what makes it tough and credit to him he did a good job of keeping that four seam away and uh, keeping that two seam in on your hands all game. Didn't give us much to work with. Didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Um, and when we got some traffic, he, he maneuvered out of it. So that's that was the big thing is is when you got two pitches over 99 that are doing two different things. That's That makes it tough. In the back on the left. With, uh, you talked about wanting to play in these games. Just what did you find in terms of when you're on the field, when you're at the plate, 
uh, in terms of feeling emotions, feeling momentum swings, and, and things of that nature? I felt comfortable. It was, uh, yeah, I felt really comfortable. Um, juices were going big time, especially early during the anthem, during the intros. Um, and then after that first pitch, kind of got in the rhythm of the game. After my first at bat, it really just it really felt comfortable, and it was it was it was a it was nice because I didn't know what to expect, but it was definitely nice. On the front row on the right, Mike. Nope. Uh, hey, Wit. Um, you've seen this team for the last two months since you've been here. You guys are facing do or die games the next two days. How do you expect the team to respond tomorrow? We just got to win a series. This is what it comes down to. Fortunately, we voted that the wild card game turned into a series. Um, so it's it's best two out of three. You know, we've we've had three game series where we've lost the first game and and came back and and won the next two. Um, we feel really good about the two guys that, that we're going to run out there, and obviously need to do a little more with the bat today, um, but. I mean, we know what this lineup can do. It's just a matter of getting that one hit and the thing kind of snowball after that. So, uh, long way to go. Yeah, long way to go. On your right, Mike. With, I guess, uh, along some of those same lines, this team has had trouble with left-handers this season, which seems odd with all the right-handed, the good right-handed bats, but 12 and 20 against starting lefties. Uh, what do you see them needing to do to be able to have success against Robbie Ray tomorrow? we got to put together some good at-bats. Uh, he's a good pitcher. Um, it doesn't really matter what we've done in the past. It's about what we do tomorrow. So we got to come out, have a good game plan, and um, put together some good at-bats, hit some balls hard, strike some things together, and I think we'll be just fine. That's Whit Merrifield speaking after tonight's 4 nothing loss. Uh, Kevin... Robbie Ray, of course, uh, won a Cy Young Award here last year. It's an interesting matchup because the money that Robbie Ray turned down from the Blue Jays is the money that went towards signing Kevin Gossman. Is there any anything the Jays hitters can take from having had Robbie Ray as a teammate? Because you've got guys who stood behind him while he's pitching and pitching well. Is there any edge here between... Robbie Ray and knowing the Jays hitters and the Jays hitters knowing Robbie Ray. Maybe standing behind it, you could tell where location-wise he would want to go with certain kind of pitches and certain kind of counts. He's a different pitcher now, too, though, well, in some yeah, ways, isn't he? Yeah, well, he'll add some two-seamers to it to keep you off the slider. That's the whole point. Maybe he'll he'll go away with that to a righty, try and backdoor it occasionally, change mile per hour on it to get some weaker contact early in counts to get him deeper in games. But – Again, we had said it exactly right. Like, you got to stay within yourself. Do what you do best. And I, this is just me. If I'm facing them, I'm split, splitting the plate in half. I'm going to give him the ball away if I'm right-handed, and I'm going to look in. And I'm going to look in on the plate. I'm gonna, you're going to have to have really good plate awareness. Know where the inside part of that is because he's going to keep inching in closer and closer and closer to you if you let him. If you do that and you can lay off of that pitch and force him on the plate – he doesn't throw a bazillion, right? He's got some sneaky heater. He can throw it by a fastball hitter and a fastball count. But if you force him on the plate, like Witt said, you can have some better at-bats. You can string together some competitive at-bats, which is what they need. They need some confidence tomorrow early. Mm. They need somebody to get it down and get it singing in that first inning, and hopefully they can do that. Ron in Toronto, you're at the game today. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well, Ron. What up? Uh, well, the good thing is, guys, is we did get five, six hits. Um, we just couldn't string enough of it together. Um, the bad thing, one thing I want to ask you guys, Vladdy Guerrero, Kirk, Teoscar, there were numerous pitches, guys, where the catcher caught the ball. These guys weren't even close to finish their swing. Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero, another thing, man. Why does he have to hug everybody? Why is it uh, the other team get the first base, the guy gets smacked in the face, or smacked in the hand twice with the ball, and Vladdy's are hugging it up. And if you saw the eighth inning when Springer was at first base, every Seattle Mariner player went to second base. Nobody hugged him. Nobody said nothing to him. The game is the game. Well, that, Vladimir that Guerrero's got to be serious, man. 
Yeah, the, well, the reason all the Mariners players went to second base it was because there was a pitching change, and that's kind of what kind of what dudes do uh, during during a pitching change. It would have been odd for them uh, for them not to do that. Uh, you know, look, I mean, Vladdy, that that's Vladdy. That's uh, yep. that's the way he is. Uh, I happen to think it's one of the things that that makes him really likable. Um, you know, I understand it's a hockey city and everybody has to hate everybody and punch everybody in the face. That's not Vladdy. I mean, it just isn't. As far as the, Kevin, as far as the, the finishes go, I mean, I guess a lot of it would be 99 and 103. No question. <laughs> that would that would get you swinging late a little bit. I, for me, it's the hardest thing to do in sports is hit velocity. And, and Witt said it. When you got a guy that can throw the same velocity with movement to one side of the plate and then have some – looks like upward spin to make that thing look like it's rising at 99 miles an hour away to a right-handed hitter. I mean, what do you do with that? You yeah. pick your poison, you try and do the best short as quick as you can to just put barrel to baseball. But sometimes, I, I get you, every once in a while, I know this is impossible to do for most fans, it's possibly for me to do when I was playing, you just got to take a step back and go, dude, I got beat by a better guy today. I mean, just today, he was better than I was. Tomorrow, we're going to come back, and hopefully that ain't going to be the case, and I think that's sort of the mentality they're going to try and take. Yeah. And for their sake and for fans' sake, hopefully they do that. Ray in Burlington. You want to talk about uh, Alec Manoa, but you also want to talk about the Jays' batting order. Yeah, hey, Jeff and uh, Kevin, appreciate being on with you. Uh, a couple of You're quick at the game. points. You were at the game tonight, I by was, the way, right? I was at the game. I'm on the uh, QEW heading back home to Burlington, licking my wounds like everybody else right now. Okay, what's the traffic um, like? Because I'm about, I'm about half an hour behind you. What's the traffic like? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm, uh, I'm at Islington. Clear it out for me. Moving along. There you go. Yeah. Clear it out for uh, me. Clear it out for me. We're moving along pretty there good. A go. couple of quick points, guys. Um, a tough game, obviously. And point number one, um, I think, you know, all of us who've watched baseball for a long time know that, that good pitching trumps good hitting. Yep. And particularly in the playoffs, and that's what we we saw it there tonight. Not that Alec Manoa isn't elite, but he he didn't have his stuff tonight, and you end up you end up losing a playoff game. Number two, though, um, with all of the strong offense the Jays have, outstanding stats. I I've always wondered against elite pitching where would they stack up against the rest mm. of the league? My sense is that against elite pitching, they're not the number one offense in the AL. And I don't have stats in front of me to prove that, but just watching day in, day out, uh, my sense is that they struggle more against elite pitching maybe than, than a lot of other clubs. I will I will pass that on to my friend, Mr. Barker here. Ray, thank you for the call. Yeah, Ray, it's a good question. And look, I, I think they're elite for a reason because they look, they make really good hitters don't not look elite. And, you know, that, that comes down to what me and Jeff have been talking about for quite some time is when you're facing elite pitching, your superstars, like the guy you dropped 150 large on, that's why you brought him here. He's the guy that's supposed to do things against elite guys because he's done it before. He's shown you that he can consistently do it, put good swings together and get big hits. But there's going to be have to be a couple of guys. And that's for me. It's not going to be an entire lineup against these elite guys. It's going to be one or two or three dudes who are going to have to have really good at bats. Somebody gets hit by a pitch. Somebody that's big-time hitter like Bo has been having a tremendous second half, a tremendous September. Vladdy, if he can get a ball, force it on the plate, hits the ball harder than anybody when it's on the plate. It's guys like that. It's not an entire lineup. That passing the baton by stringing together three or four hits. And the, Jeff knows this. It doesn't, stuff. it doesn't work at this level. Like, you need a bloop and a bomb, sort of like the first inning went. Yeah, it does right? not. You hit, a, you hit a guy, you get a single, and then somebody runs into one. That's how you win a game. It's like the Cleveland game. It's the same sort of thing like that, and that's how you win baseball games this time of the year because your best hitters are being your best hitters. It's not going to change with the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are going to have to do that tomorrow if they want to move on. Speaking of that Cleveland game, there were two other uh, playoff games today in addition to the Jays' 4 nothing loss to the Seattle Mariners. The Philadelphia Phillies scored six runs. <laughs> beat the uh, beat the St. Louis Cardinals and Ryan Helsley, their closer, 6-3. That, uh, that was a bit of a shock the way that game came undone. Hit batter 
uh, bleeder through the infield. It was like a death by a thousand cuts. And uh, the Cleveland Guardians, 2-1 over the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane Bieber and uh, Shane McClanahan, lots of good pitching in this game. And Jose Ramirez, who would look awfully good in the Blue Jays lineup as a switch hitter. You hush your mouth, Jeff. Had a two-run home run for the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> but further to the point about the lineup, yeah. it is there are a lot of guys who are similar hitters in this lineup. And we have mentioned this okay. time and again, and Blair and Barker and Blue Jays talking just about any show that we appear on. There is a reason the Jays have spent the past couple of off-seasons trying to get more left-handed bats into this lineup. I, w- I wonder if there would have been, uh, say, two, two more really good left-handed hitters in this lineup if Luis Castillo would have thrown anything differently. Well, that's, that, that's the thing, right? He was basically a sinker into a righty, a sinker away to Tapia, a fastball up to Tapia, a fastball up and away to a righty. Like, he sort of would pitch everybody the same. I just think tonight's stuff is so good, you, you could have thrown Barry Bonds up there. Like, it, it was just one of those nights where a dude had it going. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. Keith and Barry, you want to talk about Luis Castillo. And uh, you want to tip your cap to Luis Castillo, I believe. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not a big Mariners fan, but hey, uh, the Jays ran into a bloody brick wall with him. And uh, he had all of it going. And, you know, uh, I don't think he intentionally uh, hit Springer, but uh, I am concerned about Springer's um, possibility being in the lineup next uh, tomorrow. You know, so if if Springer's not in the lineup, who do you think is going to take the spot? I mean that that's a, that is a million dollar question. That there. is a great question. Uh, lefty on the mound. I mean, don't say Matt Chapman. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah, you know what? I might I might guess. This is just purely guess, Kev. Whit Merrifield. I, I mean, would I, that, absolutely. I, I don't know. That, that might that would be the guy. That's an educated guess too. Yeah, that's a good one. An educated guess, much like picking the Jays to sweep <laughs> the Seattle Mariners in the in the series. Yeah. Which was an educated guest. Every once in a while. Every once in a while is right. John in Toronto. Yeah, good good evening. That's the same, evening, afternoon. (laughs) No problem, I got a question. Uh, How many bases did we, once we get on, did we try to steal third or first or second, or not first, but second or third? None. Uh, None, right. Neither did Seattle. Um, Okay. Anyway, you were mentioning how the Seattle player, how many bases he stole, 25 this year. How many Blue Jays have stole 25 bases this year? Uh, I wasn't mentioned. I don't know who stole 25 bases for Seattle. I guess Julio Rodriguez did. But yeah, anyway, what's your point? Another it, thing, it, uh, you got a pitcher out there throwing, uh, you know, great pitcher, one of the best in the league. And I got to go back on to the, uh, what can I say, the bunting, or you can't wait all the time for the guy to throw the pitch that you want. He's not going to throw you the pitch you want. You got to go. Who would you have bunt on this team? Something else. Who would you have bunt on this team? Huh? Who would you have bunt on the the Blue Jays? You know, I managed uh, a bowling league, men's league, you know, (laughs) watching guys how. How well they do in their position, uh, you know, bowling for money in playoffs. Uh, you know, it wasn't big money, 1500 bucks, something like that. That's not bad. The problem is, it, here's the thing, and, and I know that uh, because we do have this debate all the time, thanks for the call about you know, small ball, and, and people still pine for the Whitey Herzog and the Cardinals and the go-go Kansas City Royals and all that. And it's just, I mean, the stats support that in the postseason – Power pitching and power hitting wins games. You know, first of all, nobody bunts anymore. Nobody plays small ball in the regular season. They just don't. And they're not going to start doing it in the postseason. Now, I kind of jokingly, I was sitting with Shy and Arden, and I kind of jokingly said uh, when Whit Merrifield came up in the, what was it, the fifth or sixth inning, I said he should bunt. And, um, you know, the Mariners... Suarez came in a little bit, but that was about it. I mean, it's it's not. First of all, Kevin, you you can attest this. Bunting against velocity is not easy. Add movement. It's Add possible. movement is not easy. But it's just the, the, 
the Jays don't play that way. It's it's like this idea that all of a sudden they're going to turn into the into the Cardinals or the Royals of the eighties and or the eighties and nineties overnight. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is a team that's going to win games by hitting home runs and doubles. Yeah. And you know, in terms of stealing bases, I mean, when you're down three nothing, and then down four nothing, and that guy is is throwing a bazillion miles an hour. He's not necessarily, I don't think, Kevin, from where I saw, it doesn't look like he's necessarily being an easy guy to steal to steal off of. Um, you know, the, the one thing I saw tonight that I think it was the, uh, the, the RBI from, from uh, or not the RBI, but Ty Francis hit, it was a run and hit. But, I mean, other than that, it's not like Seattle started a whole yeah, bunch Rodriguez of guys. Yeah, Rodriguez went to third base, and then Suarez had the swing and infield yes. ground out thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, it's, it just gets back to you, you have to be you. If it's not you, why are you trying to go outside the box this time of the year? That's probably not going to win you baseball games. You gotta, it's got to be the right situation. I mean, with Merrifield leading off an inning, trying to bunt, get something started, that would make some sense. You know, Vladdy coming up first or second with two outs, trying to do some things like that. That makes zero sense. Bobby Shad, the exact same thing. Teoscar Hernandez after an infield, after a single, leading off an inning, swinging at the first pitch or trying to buy. Like, these things make no sense because that's not who they are. The Blue Jays don't have a bunch of guys who can can do things like that. They're trying to bloop and bomb people. And if they don't do it against good teams, some of the times you're not going to win those games. The good news is they get to do it again tomorrow at 4.07, game two of this best of three series. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Robbie Ray for the Seattle Mariners. So, 4 nothing. the Mariners take the first game of this series. 4.07, first pitch tomorrow. We'll have all the build-up on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and on the TV side, Sportsnet as well. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.